willing to say at the end of the day, you know what, um, I'm going to buy from you because I believe that you will be the person that will be um, you'll be there for me if I need you. If I find that this isn't for me, I believe that you'll take care of me. And so when it comes down to kind of telling stories, what I found was that I, I'm real about who I am. I'm real about what I'm all about. That is Tim Page, professional voice actor for The Voice of The More You Know on NBC. And at the time of recording this episode, he has been the leading conversion educator at Lee Pages. In his short time at Lee Pages, Tim has already helped grow their customer base to 25,000 and increased their list by another 20,000 leads. Today's episode, we will show you why merely quote-to-quote storytelling won't work for your conversion, what you should do instead. Also, what you should and shouldn't do for your tripwire offer. And how Team's hiccups resulted in the highest converting webinar. Plus, so much more. All coming up for you at Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, Episode 034. Welcome to the Godly MBA, Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly Butler here. Welcome to Godly MBA Podcast. I'm honored you are here with us today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any Power Pack episode. And your reviews on iTunes serve as a fresh dose of blessings to me and my team. We really appreciate it. When it comes to business, we all know that no sales, no business period. But how to sell well and without being feeling sleazy and yucky? Our guest today, the sales conversion expert, Tim Page, comes to the rescue. If you have ever attended Lee Page's weekly webinar before, you most likely listen to Tim or, like me, bought from him. The whole webinar presentation made you feel he's very professional, gave tons of value, and more importantly, made attendance credit card ready. How did he do that? Was he born as a professional sales expert? Let's find out. Hi, team. Thank you so much for saying yes and to be on the show. Of course. My pleasure. Happy to be here. You know, I guess this is kind of a little bit strange for me because normally I just hop on your webinar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I always enjoy your, you know, Lee Pages webinar and uh, they are stellars. But, uh, Thank you. you know, I, I just want to kind of maybe, you know, today let's kind of talk about the hero behind the hero thing, right? <laughs> maybe you can share with us a little bit about your journey and how on earth you have become this uh, lead converter in the, in the sales, I would say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to do that. It's, um, it's been interesting because 
when I was, and I promise this isn't going to be some long-winded story, but when, when I was, you know, younger, when I was in high school and stuff, um, I thought that my entire life was going to, going to be me playing music. Um, I was a musician forever. My favorite thing in the world was to play music. Um, and so that's what I thought I was going to spend most of my time doing. And I ended up for about seven years after, uh, after high school and after the little bit of college that I did, uh, attend, I ended up touring, uh, as a professional musician for about seven years. And I thought for sure that that was the career path that, that I was meant to be on. But what I didn't know was that that was preparing me in a weird way for the things that were going to happen in the future. Because when you're in a band, when you're trying to support yourself in a band, um, you have to be scrappy. You have to be able to, uh, to, to be able to sell, right? You have to sell your band to the venues to get them to let you play shows. You have to be able to sell your merch. Uh, to the people coming to the show so that you can put gas in the tank and get to the next show. Um, you have to be able to sell the record label on why they should sign you and pay for your next record. I mean, there are so many different things that you're selling all the time. And uh, for a band of our size, we also had to be able to uh, figure out how we were going to pay the bills when we got home. Because no matter how hard we tried, it didn't seem like we could make enough money to come home and pay for rent and pay for all those kind of things. So I would come home and the one thing that I figured translated was sales. If I could sell, you know, $5 CDs to people walking around the mall to people who had never heard of my band before, I figured I could probably sell some other things. So um, I got into sales and what I found was that I could hop in, I could do my thing, I could make a bunch of money while I was home. And then when we went on the next tour, I could leave and they would always want me back because high performers were um, kind of hard to find. So I always found that there was always work. I could always make however much money I needed to make. And so those skills that I developed and, and understanding the psychology led me along this path of once the band was over, trying to figure out what was next. Um, I started a business that required 12 to 16 hours of me six to seven days a week um, and made a lot of money doing that, but realized I don't want to do that. I, that's There's so much more to life than you know, spending every waking moment of my life trying to make another dollar. So what I did was I, I discovered entrepreneurship. I discovered, um, or, or rather online entrepreneurship. I discovered uh, Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income and all these people that were just doing amazing things entirely online, making tons of money, but also having the time and freedom to, for some of them, it was spend time with their family, which was what I wanted to do. For some of them, it was travel all over the place. So I learned about online marketing and I realized, holy cow, if you can sell, you can market online. It's really the, the psychology is almost identical. It's just the, the way that you present that psychology is a little bit different. Uh, and so uh, I started a podcast with uh, a friend, John Lee Dumas, who many people know from Entrepreneur on Fire. We had a podcast together and uh, he interviewed Clay, the CEO of Lead Pages, on Entrepreneur on Fire. Clay said, I'm looking to start a podcast for lead pages. Do you know anybody? John recommended me and uh, I ended up joining the team. But, and, but the funny part about all of it, and this is kind of where it wraps up, is that I joined the team at lead pages to start a podcast for lead pages. What we didn't know was that one day Clay got sick, couldn't do a webinar and said, Tim, do you have any experience uh, talking to uh, groups of people or selling and I was like, well, <laughs> I spent most of my life selling things. Uh, and on the first webinar that I did, I outconverted Clay. I sold more than Clay did. And so he was like, how'd you like to do this all the time? And that's kind of how it began. Wow. 
So weird, would, weird turns of luck, I guess. Well, I would say God did not waste anything. It right. Seems like you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I really did not know that. And, <laughs> well, that's a nice background story, people. Uh, so then you know, as much as we living now in this full of gadget software field world, right? Uh, I would say. Content is not king. Okay, hold on a moment. Before you guys send me a hey <laughs> hey mail first, I would say the compelling content is. Sure. But you know, uh, can you share with us that uh, what what is your take on storytelling? Because in your webinar, you know, one of the things that you you just you are so good at, you know, uh, you said so limited time, and then you will like tell a story and either it's a success story or, or something and it's just so easy to grab the tendency in. Uh, can you tell us that, you know, how, you know, why story and how to create or use our own story to serve our audience? Sure. You know, I am, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the idea of storytelling necessarily. Not that I think that, that is incorrect, but I don't think I'm a great storyteller. What I think um, I am good at is authenticity. Um, and I guess that can play into storytelling. I'm not sure. But for me, what it really came down to was I found there were a lot of people out there that um, had had crafted uh, this public face of who they were. Mm-hmm. They You would see these people and, and when they would be on a webinar or they would be on a podcast or they're doing their YouTube videos, they have this perfectly – crafted thing where everything is scripted and and it's all it's all a thing they had a story that they had created that wasn't really about them and it hadn't really created who they were and so they had this whole thing going what i and this this wasn't just the online marketing world this was in the sales world as well you know one of the things and i'm i'm not ashamed to admit it one of the the businesses that i had that i was really successful in was door to door vacuum sales so I would go to a neighborhood and I would knock on somebody's door and say, hey, how are you doing? How'd you like to get a free room cleaning or whatever? And get them to let me come in and spend 90 minutes selling them on a $3,000 vacuum, right? Not glamorous. But here's what I found was that all these people made up all these stories about what it was going to do and and what was good about it. And, and there was nothing bad about it. And it was better than every other thing. And what made what made me successful amongst other things was that when when I was in their house, I was really honest with them. I would tell them, look, you've already got, you know, you've got a great vacuum here. So that's not, you know, this isn't going to be special for that. And I would tell them what was good about it and what was bad about it. I would tell them, hey, look, you know, there's no lie here. I'm making commission. So I really want you to buy it. And I'm going to hope that you'll buy it. But at the end of the day, if you don't, that's okay. Right. And what I found was that being authentic, being who you really were, being open and honest, not trying to hide things or be weird about it made me um, – it, it endeared me to people and it made them more willing to trust me, more willing to say at the end of the day, you know what? Um, I'm going to buy from you because I believe that you will be the person that will be um, – you'll be there for me if I need you. If I find that this isn't for me, I believe that you'll take care of me. And so when it comes down to kind of telling stories, what I found was that I, I'm real about who I am. I'm real about what I'm all about. Um, in the beginning of the webinar, one of the first things that I do, not the first thing, but in the beginning, I introduce myself and my family. And I say, this is, you know, I show a little picture of us at Disney World. I'm not wearing a suit and tie. I'm wearing a t-shirt. 
that's like, you know, got Wolverine on it or something. And I'm holding my my son and my wife is there and, and there's the Disney sign in the background because that's who we are. That's who I am as a person. I'm not a buttoned up, you know, suit and tie guy. Um, and and people some people connect to that and some don't. And that's fine. It's not for them. And when I what I've found personally, what I respond to in webinars and when I'm reading blog posts and when I'm watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts, what I don't resonate with is uh typically is this kind of um i don't want to say convoluted but this whole kind of fluffed up idea of of something so if i want to learn about how to market my business hearing kind of the concepts about how to market my business that doesn't help me what Mm -hmm. helps me is here's how to run a facebook ad to a webinar registration page that actually gets people to convert and doesn't cost you a bunch of money. So my story is often the journey. So it's and and I don't mean the journey of, you know, how to become a marketer, but the journey of if you're on my webinar, you're going to learn three different ways that you can use to grow your list and how to put them in order so you do thing one, thing two, and thing three. And that's the story because it's authentic. It's not, you're going to make $10 million by doing this. No, it's, hey, maybe you can get your first 500 leads by doing this in the next month or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's real and it's authentic and people connect because of that. Yeah, I mean, I can relay about that because I will... It's interesting you say you are not ashamed to talk about that you were door-to-door sell the vacuum. Uh, well, I was door-to-door sell the cassette, you know, nice. the cassette. <laughs> so, okay, now people, you kind of know about my age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to uh, sell the, you know, door-to-door cassette and then try to just pay the, you know, university tuition. Uh, and I remember that, you know, it's kind of the educational cassette uh, for, you know, teach, you know, I was in Taiwan, so I sell for teach English. And, oh, okay. And then you enter, and then you have all different kind of results. You have somebody, you know, grab a bucket of water and then just pour you out and then, or somebody send their dogs out or, yep. <laughs> or somebody is very nice to invite you in, listen to you for 30 minutes, but they don't buy anything. Or somebody say, yeah. Uh, I tell them, you know, what it is, and you might already have, but what is the benefit, what is not, and that normally result in com- commerce, you know, mm-hmm. converting your sales. You uh, know, what's funny is what I what I often found, the the people that bought more often than anybody else were the ones that would say to me, I- I'm not going to buy anything. You can come in and show it to me, but I'm not going to buy anything. And I would always say, that's perfectly okay. I just want to show it to you. And because I didn't go, Oh, well, you're going to buy this. It's awesome. Because I didn't like hammer in on them. I just said, cool, just let me show it to you. Um, those people almost always ended up buying. It was always a joke where, that we had in the office that was like the number one thing you want somebody to say to you when you knock on their door is, well, okay, but I'm not going to buy anything. Cause we were always like, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> right. And it's, and it always, I think that again goes back to that being a real person, being a human being. If you were, if you had somebody at your door knocking on your door and you said, uh, yeah, you can show it to me, but I just want you to know I'm not going to buy anything. If they said, oh, well, you know, you're going to really want to buy this. Trust me. You you keep an open mind, blah, blah, blah. I never said any of that. I was always like, that's fine. Just let me show it to you. It, it, you would want somebody to say that to you. You would want somebody to just relax. You're not looking for somebody to come in and just like pound you over the head with buy this thing, buy this thing. 
you know, you're a real person. They're a real person. They interrupted your day. You gave them some of your time. Just, you know, be respectful. That's all, that's all it is. Be a person. And it's the same way with online marketing. If you're trying to grow your business online using content, don't, um, don't just sit there and hammer people, people the whole time about whatever it is that you're trying to sell and engage with them, connect with them on a real authentic level. Um, a great example I just had uh, a guy who's a friend of mine, Matt Giovanisi. Um, many people have started to know Matt a little bit because he put out a rap album called Entrepreneur, and he spelled entrepreneur wrong and put the little squiggly line underneath it that you know the computer puts on there. And it's it's hysterical. But what he he's a, actually a really smart marketer, and he created this landing page where the entire landing page was basically saying. Uh, it, it looked like a blog post, but it was the whole thing kept saying like, join my email list, join my email list. And like, there was a paragraph that said like, just give me your email address. It's the same email address that like the Nigerian prince has when he's trying to scam you out of money. It's the same email address you use when you sign up for porn websites. It's the same email address. Like it's this whole thing just like, you know, and there's like, there's a pop-up and there's opt-in forms all over and there's like a thing and it's completely making fun of of this thing that people tend to do. But the problem is he's making fun of a real thing that people do where they just hammer and hammer and hammer. And you can do this in such a more authentic way that makes people almost like come to you and say, no, 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 really, I want to join your list. I want to see what you have. I want to buy your stuff because it seems awesome as opposed to you having to like yank them along to get them to buy. So how do we do that online? yeah, by being real, by being authentic, and by considering every step of the experience, right? So what what's the experience that somebody's going to have? And there are a lot of people that will say, like, just do what you would want done to you, but that's not necessarily the case. We, we do need to be a little bit more aggressive than just saying, what would we want to happen to us? But um, the, the idea is that it's always offering something for them. Now, a word from our sponsor, Lee Pages. Leadpages generates leads and sales for your business on the web, in emails, via text messaging, and on social media. It's one of my favorite tools because it has saved me and my clients a lot of time and money every single year. The drag-and-drop templates allow you to set up a proper trackable campaign in no time. And the newest feature called Checkout. It enables you to collect payment right from your lead pages with Stripe account. It's a no-brainer. You can join the 14-day free trial at kellybarder.com forward slash leadpages. Now, back to the show. I find myself right now as we're talking like wanting to say offer value, but that term value has been so thrown around. It doesn't have any meaning anymore. People just say just offer value, but what is value, right? But what it comes down to is serve your audience's needs. Like what do they, what's a problem that they have? How can you help them solve that problem? Or how can you help them uh, in a simple way to come up with solutions to that problem? Here's an example. One of the things that people often believe that they need before anything else is tools, right? People believe that the first thing that they need if they want to become a golfer is they need the best golf clubs money can buy. And that will make them automatically a great golfer. But that's not true. I'm proof positive of that. Um, (laughs) You know, photographers, another great example. Somebody wants to get into photography, so they go out and buy a $6,000 camera. But I'm sorry, that doesn't make you a great photographer. It means it'll take pretty good pictures. But you know, there's all the other things uh, to it. But all that said, 
because we know that that's the first thing people believe that they need, well, we can offer a solution in the form of here are the five tools that I use to get started in my photography business, right? And, and that, you know, in exchange, you can say, if you want to get these tools, just give me your email address and I'll send them off to you. And of course, I'll send you some great uh, tips every couple of days or every week or whatever to help you get your photography business going. But what you've done is, is you have offered, um, you've offered them what they believe they need. And then after that, you can provide them what they truly need. There's a, a company that does this really, really well um, called The Foundation, right? They teach, uh, they teach people like how to start a software business or whatever. Something really, um, it's, it's you know, pretty simple. Like here's how to start your first software business and how to get the idea and all this stuff. And that's what they sell. That's what they promote. But 90% of the program, once you actually sign up and pay money, 90% of it is, is mindset. And they, they help you overcome your biggest limiting beliefs and help you understand that you are good enough and help you get past the idea that you can't ask for money because there's something weird about money. And because they know that when it comes to entrepreneurship, ideas, they're not that hard to come by. How to actually execute is not that hard. You can find those answers. But the mindset is what ruins most people. So they give you what you think you need, which is here's a business idea. And then they really give you what you need. And that's what, that's kind of how you get past that, uh, that barrier is you say, Oh, okay. You want to know the tools to get started in yoga? Great. Here's the yoga mat, the yoga pants, the shoes, the this that I recommend. You can opt in for those five tools. And then the first email after that, once they've gotten that yoga guide is, okay, now here's how to first, uh, assess your body to find out, uh, if you should begin on path X, path Y, or path Z, right? And, and it goes into more detail. That's how you connect on a real authentic level. It's almost reminding me that I often talk to my audience or clients to say, yeah, just give them what they want first, mm-hmm. then you can give them what they need. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Or give them, give them it, it's almost like give them what they think they need because a lot of the times it is, it is what they want, but they, they kind of go, well, what I really need is this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people say, I need to come up with a product idea, I should just ask my target audience what they, what they need. People don't really know what they need. That's why they're coming to you. You give them what they think they need uh, or you sell them on what they think they need and then really give them what they do truly need. So what would be some pro tips when it comes to converting converting the web visitors and browsers to buyers? I think this we you know, uh, traffic nowadays is not that difficult in a sense no. of, yeah, you can buy the traffic if you want, uh, right. but converting then that's mm-hmm. a science and art there. Can you share yeah. some tips? Yeah. The good thing is, is now because it is so saturated now is the easiest time. Uh, I really truly believe the easiest time ever to convert the right kind of audience. If you're, if you're just paying attention. So, uh, I'll give you a couple of tips. The first thing is to always have something to offer. Uh, something of value. Now, something of value doesn't have to mean something that took you six months. Okay, you can create something of value in 25 minutes, but you need to offer something something that actually helps them solve a problem. The first example would be that resource guide, right? It's just a list of tools that helps them solve a specific problem. Another example is anytime somebody creates or anytime you create a blog post, offer something extra of value. We call it a content upgrade. I know you, we've talked about that on the webinar. 
but it's it's where somebody goes to read your blog post. Let's say you are some kind of a health coach. If you on that blog post talk about superfoods and and you break down the ten best superfoods to help you have more energy in 2016 or whatever, well, somewhere within that blog post, say by the way, we've got five recipes that include these superfoods. Enter your email address so we can email you the guide. Now what happens is people are reading that post. You know they're interested in superfoods because they're reading a post about superfoods. Now you offer them something of additional value, but if they want to get that, they have to join your list. So it's I think a lot of it comes down to context. What are they doing at that moment, and how can you offer them something that you know uh, is is valuable to them at that point in time? So if they're reading a blog post about superfoods, add value something relating to superfoods. If they are um, if they just opted in to join your list, can you provide them value that makes the next step a little bit easier? So here's an example. Let's say they were on a blog post about superfoods and they opted in for your superfoods recipe guide mm. and they enter their email address and they click the, you know, send me the guide button. The next page they end up on is called the thank you page. And what too many people will do on the thank you page is they'll just say, uh, please check your email to confirm your email and so that you can continue getting emails from us. But that's such a waste because in sales, you're taught that the moment that somebody says, yes, the momentum is going, why would you stop there? Keep it going. Keep the good feelings going. So they just opted in. They just literally said, yes, please stay in touch with me. And then we're saying, okay, great. Now leave my website. Let's stop doing that. What you do instead is on the thank you page, um, my favorite way is to to take them through the next step of the process. And what we do is we invite them to sign up for that webinar that you talked about. So they've opted in, and then the next page they go to says, thanks so much. Everything that we promised will be sent to your e- to your inbox shortly. But while you wait for it to arrive, we recommend that you sign up for this Thursday's live webinar or whatever. And then if you're a health coach, it could be like on this webinar, we're going to dive into uh, how to how to get your kids to eat the superfoods that you're, you know, that we that we're recommending or whatever it is. But what you've done is you've made that almost like, you know, you were mentioning a story. It's almost like a story of their journey. So they they read a blog post. You added value there. You offered them something else, the recipes. You added value there. Then on the thank you page, you said, hey, come and join us live, and then we'll even answer your questions live. So we keep moving them along. So they'll register for the webinar. Say the webinar is in three days. Now what's going to happen is they're going to go back and check their email. They're going to get the recipe guide. Maybe they go out and buy the ingredients and cook one of the superfoods meals. They find out that it's really good. So two days later, they attend your webinar. They get on. They watch your presentation. They're asking you questions. They say, by the way, that whatever thing was fantastic. And at the end of your webinar, you go, by the way, I've got a course all about how to give your family more energy and blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, all those positive experiences led them up through the process. And then you don't have to push them to buy because you've given them so much great stuff. They have such a great connection to you that when you say, you know, it's only three ninety seven or whatever it is, they're like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I want to see what's next. What is the thought on... Uh, yeah, I love the, I love you guys, how you turn a thank you page actually become a, to register webinar. And I experienced that many times, but I also see other people do instead of register webinar, they sell something, they sell, sure. uh, something like a tripwire, you know, uh, under $50 between seven to 49, somewhere there. What's your thought on that? Would that be a bit too early? Um, you know, I think it depends. I think it depends on, 
what you've done and uh, and and how much value is in the tripwire. The problem is people will just whip something together because they're trying to get somebody uh, that is a buyer on their list, right? They'll be like, well, I just need a $7 offer because that's what Ryan Dice says to do. And that's all well and good, but um, but if they buy that $7 thing and it's terrible and they feel like they just wasted seven bucks, they're never gonna buy your better offer. So um, I'll, I'll give you an example. This is something that... Um, that I, there's one sign up form that I use for my voiceover business. So I, I, I'm also a voice actor and I do a lot of podcast intros and outros. I've done over 600 of them. And, uh, and one thing that, that our team is really good at is calls to action, which I think most podcasters are really bad at, but we're pretty good at it. And we've, we've gotten great at that. And a lot of people will ask us like, you know, what do you recommend for calls to action? So what, because of all those questions, we made this, uh, this guide uh, and I don't know how many pages it is, but it's this really awesome guide that's got like I need 30. To check. I bought that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and we had professional copywriters work together with us on that. Oh, we used our experience as podcasters. Um, and it's got like 30 scripts. It's got ideas for lead magnets. It's got examples from real pod. It's an awesome, awesome guide. And we sell it for $97 and we use it as a tripwire on some of our pages. But I have to say one, it doesn't convert all that well as a tripwire, but as a bolt on offer, or as just sending people to the sales page, it converts like gangbusters. So um, it could be because people say you can't really do a tripwire over 50 bucks or whatever, and that's all well and good. But um, what I think it is is that for the most part, people need to build a little bit of a relationship with you before they're really ready to buy. And if somebody has just opted in, I'm asking them to give me 100 bucks. I don't think that there's necessarily the momentum for that. I'd rather build a little bit more of a relationship. I'd rather send them a few emails that have some great, uh, great stuff that helps them get them a few quick wins and then ask them for money. That that is a great tips. Yeah, I you know because I pull my Facebook group and I also ask my audience about that question because we we saw both right. We saw that one is to register webinar, one is a, a sales page. So you know we yeah. kind of have different different uh, thoughts on that. So and I think it's great to test both. That's the thing is. It, different things are going to work differently for different people. I mean, just as an example, Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer, they have like a survivalist thing, uh, like a survivalist business. They sell survivalist training and all sorts of stuff. And uh, their tripwire is is dirt cheap. I I don't. It might be seven dollars. I don't know. It's some really low uh, tripwire, and it's a, a credit card knife. So it's like a it's a, it's in the shape of a credit card and it can flip out to a knife. It's a really cool little thing. It got me because I wanted to see what this little credit card knife was all about, right? And it's seven bucks. Who cares? I've never bought anything else from them because I'm not into the whole survivalist thing. But I was curious. I wanted to see what their marketing was, and I saw the knife. I was like, wow, that's actually cool. So what happened was they had the ad that I clicked on. And they paid for that ad, however much they paid for me to click on it, and I opted in, and then I ended up buying that knife, so it paid for the ad, right? Sure, that's great. But um, And I know that that works really well for them, but it just doesn't work with every business. And again, it has to be something that's so intriguing, so enticing that they want it. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, ebooks, guides, that kind of stuff – it's not as enticing as it once was. It has to be really something that people go, yep, I need to have that. Yeah, they call that like a self-liquidating, right? By the way, right. that credit card knife, we have that in Switzerland a long time ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that was that. a funny story that uh, I think it's my father-in-law. 
that he totally forgot about that and he received that as a gift because it's just like credit card, right? Yeah. So he put in his hand carried uh-huh. and it got, it got, it got to, into to trouble when we went to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally had to, I, I have had to put like reminders on my calendar to take it out of my wallet before I go to the airport. Cause I won't, I won't remember. And then they're like, Whoa, you're sneaking. No, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's just like credit card. So yeah. Right. So, uh, so team, you know, I always enjoy your webinar so much that, you know, uh, because you are, you have such a kind of sense of humor. Would you mind to share with us that is any funny moments that happen in this journey? Uh, or, or Chris Tucker shared an embarrassed moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share, I'll share two with you because they're both kind of different. So one is, um, was the moment I decided that I was, I was never going to, to have a, a career or business that, uh, that required me to be outside of my home often. Right. I mean, I'm happy to work outside my home, but that I, I wanted to have one that wouldn't require me to do so. So, um, I was, I, I had, uh, I was working on my podcast. I w- at the time I was still selling vacuums, but I was working on my podcast and, uh, I had my interview and it was like interview number seven or whatever of my show with uh, a woman named Paula Pant. She has a website, afford anything. She's really awesome, but I was interviewing her. And, and we got kind of towards the end of the interview and, uh, and I said, okay, thanks. And I, I stopped the recording and we were just kind of doing our post interview chat and the door behind me opens and it was my wife and, and she knows, she knows like you don't interrupt podcasts or whatever. So I knew something was serious. So I'm like, okay, Paul, I got to go. Thank you so much. Hung up, took off my headphones, turned around and she's got tears streaming down her face, just completely like red face crying. I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? And she just walks up to me and she just hands me something. And I, I take it and I look down and it's a pregnancy test and it's positive. And, you know, we had been trying for a few months to have a baby. So that it was like the best news and we hugged and everything. And uh, so it was like, it was great. And I decided right then and there that that's what I was going to do. I was going to have freedom. I was going to be doing something that allowed me to, anytime I wanted to open the door and walk out and give my kid a hug and run around the house with him, I could do that. And that was kind of that decision. It was really funny. I got to, about a year later, I got to tell her that story in person uh, at, at an event that we were both at. And that was really fun. So that was kind of an interesting one, but a really funny story was I was doing a webinar um, and this was, I had probably been at lead pages, I don't know, six months, seven months, something like that. And this also goes to speak for authenticity. Uh, about 10 minutes into the webinar, I got the worst case of hiccups that I probably had ever had as an adult. I'm talking every five words. So I'm, I'm going so you want to build a lead <laughs> magnet and if we want, we could go ahead and literally just so bad on this live webinar and there were 600 people on this webinar. Wow. And so, <laughs> so I had to stop and I was like, folks, I'm really sorry, but I can't get rid of this case of the hiccups. Uh, and so we're just going to plow forward. And if this doesn't work for you, you, uh, you can drop off. I'll totally understand, but hopefully we can make this something memorable. And, and this, it, they didn't go away until long after the webinar and people were tweeting 
I think it was like hashtag hiccup webinar or something like that. They were tweeting something about hiccups and webinars and it became this really funny thing. And the webinar is still to this day, one of the highest converting webinars I've ever had. And I always use that as, as an example, because seriously, I was just real. I told we were laughing I, many people would freak out be like, I don't know what to do. I can't stop these hiccups. Like, what am I going to do? So I just laughed and we made a joke out of it and people were laughing and I had my pitch and in the in the offer, I made a joke about, uh, and and I promise in the training there are no hiccups or something <laughs> stupid. We had so much fun; it converted really well because it was just being a goof. It was just being real, and people could relate to it because we all have those like hiccup moments, right? We all have stupid stuff that happens that we have no control over, and we can choose what we're going to do with it. And I think that really helped uh, people kind of relate. Wow, team. Well, that that's a good one. <laughs> I mean. Exactly. The, the whole point why I always ask this question to the, the VIP guests, it's because I want the audience to know that it doesn't matter how high or how much we have achieved. And we're just all humans. And, right. you know, we are not immune to anything bumpy road or negativity. You know, uh, it's just we learn to, you know, enjoy the ride, I would say. Yeah. 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 So and, true. How would you say that uh, I'm sure there's many moments that maybe pick one, one of your godly MBA moments, the moment that you realize, okay, the success of the, the, the career, the business is way beyond just a transaction, way beyond just business. Yeah, I think it was that, that moment when we found out that we were having a baby um, because for me, what I wanted was that I, I always had this idea that if, if we just made enough money that we would have that freedom and, and I could buy my kid anything he wanted. And if we wanted to go to Disney, we could go there and all these things. And, and, and I'm not disparaging making money because I think you should, and I, you should make as much of it as you can while still, you know, living up to your ideals uh, of what, what you believe in. But uh, what I really found was that I was setting an example for my family, for my kids um, going forward of what they would see as what uh, an adult is supposed to do. And if if my son saw that I'm supposed to work 16-hour days, six to seven days a week and put money before everything else, then I was setting the worst possible example I could possibly set, I believe. Because, um, you know, hey, when times are tough, Absolutely. You should work your face off and get out of that situation. Uh, I'm all about the hustle when it's necessary. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think you need to, you need to live a life that uh, has more meaning and purpose than just putting another zero in your bank account, right? On the end of your bank account. I really believe that, um, that it's all about setting an example and, and being there with the people that you care about and the people that you love. Um, and so for me, it was such a bigger thing. Uh, and it took me making a lot of money to, to realize that, which seems kind of weird, but I had to get to the point where I made uh, a huge amount of money, or at least at that point, what I consider to be a huge amount of money to say, this isn't it. Uh, this, I missed it. I, something, something, uh, has gone wrong along the way. And so I started to make adjustments so that I could set a great example for my kid so that he could see. If you want to do something, do it, but understand that uh, there are more important things in life than what the job title that you have is or, you know, what your 
um, what you're, you've like accomplished in terms of a business world. It's more about the relationships that you have, the love that you have with your family. Um, so now anybody that knows me knows that I put my family before anything else. And there are many times where um, opportunities have come up, great opportunities for me in, in both of my careers, whether it was, uh, you know, a great webinar or, um, a voiceover gig that could mean big things for me. And I've turned them down because they've gotten in the way of certain things, uh, in, in my family. Like wh- when it's bedtime for my kid, I put my kid down to bed. That's what I do. I love to do that. It's a moment in my day that I really look forward to. And I'm not giving that up for just about anything. Um, and so I think that discovering that has helped me to now be able to make decisions better based on those things, as opposed to making decisions that are going to make me more money. And that it's actually uh, you are making generational impact, right? Uh, I think exactly. in our day, I mean, we saw. Unfortunately, we saw. We just saw. Uh, I think it was a thirteen-year-old boy just took his life a couple of days ago. And I think it's a lot of we, we are lacking in a society. We are lacking a fathering figure, you know, and so. I am so thankful that you are playing that role for your family. And, uh, you know, hopefully that we have more men stand up to play that role for the husband as a protector for their family as well. One thing I'm finding that's interesting is that I think it's trending in the right direction, or maybe it's starting to trend in the right direction. But, you know, I've got many... I have many friends that just don't want to be parents. And I think that's great that that's what they've decided and they've decided that and they're not just going to like settle or whatever. They've stuck to it and that's awesome. But the, the guys that I know that are parents or want to be parents are so excited to be a dad and are so involved in the process and are, you know, it's really funny because I know the generation before mine, you know, my, my dad probably never changed a diaper in his life. Um, and, and I don't know if he was in, in the room when I was being born, but it's like, you know, I know a lot of that generation that the men just didn't even come. They weren't even involved. And, uh, and that's whatever, that was a, a, a time thing, but you know, I have been involved in every step of the process for our first son. And, and now, um, you know, as many parts of the process as makes sense for our, our son, that's going to be born in December. And, um, and, and. And I have a lot of friends that are also, their wives are pregnant and it's the same thing. They are very involved. They're very engaged. They want nothing more than to be a dad. And so I think that that bodes well for the future, that we've got a bunch of people that actually, that care, that want to be involved. And and hopefully it's not just my small circle of influence and everybody else, but uh, I think it's going in in the right direction and, and I'm hopeful that that means good things. And yeah, I hope this is all the positive change all over the place. But Tim, I cannot say thank you enough uh, for your precious time today. Uh, and you add so much value uh, to to myself. I'm just <laughs> selfish, you say, for myself. And then I'm sure actually for all of uh, you guys are listening. And thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. This was fun. Wow. Did you jot down all the golden nuggets from Tim? Don't you love the hiccup story? Speaking of story. If you would like to be able to connect, advise, and sell well, like one of my clients, Terry, who closed over 50% sales, 
at her first workshop by using my 3H method of story branding. Yes, we are talking about 5-0, 50%. I think you will enjoy this free PDF guide I have prepared for you. It's free. You can download it at katiebother.com forward slash story. Again, that's katiebother.com forward slash story. Did you know that you can listen to our show on iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Play, Android, and Stitcher? Well, that pretty much everywhere. That means if you have Alexa from Amazon at home, you can also give the command to play our show. Pretty cool, right? Please do subscribe and review at kellyballer.com forward slash review. It helps more people can find the show. My team and I would really appreciate it. And now, here is what's coming up in the next episode with Jeff C., the creative director at His Design Inc. and part of the star team at Social Media Examiner. What are some common mistakes that you see when the entrepreneurs or business owner hop on the Pinterest platform? Well, one of the things is that they only share their content. And 80% of Pinterest, you know, tra- I mean, stuff that's going on in Pinterest are repins. And that's when you're repinning somebody else's content. Like, so I would go on and I see that you had posted something about one of your blogs and I would pin that to my board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, that links back to your website. For all the goodies and today's show notes, visit katiebother.com forward slash zero three four. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com. 